Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. We have another commitment of the, in the class of 2025 for Rutgers football. Uh, late last night, Rutgers picked up a commitment from Jaden Elijah, who is an offensive lineman from Matawan, New Jersey. He's listed on rivals at 6'7", 300 pounds. And just from watching uh, his basketball highlights, it looks like he's every bit of that. Uh, he looks like a pretty athletic guy. From what we were talking about earlier, he's he's a bit on, more on the raw side, but uh, given how many offers he had, I think a lot of schools will see a, a massive amount of potential in this kid. Tell us what Rutgers is yeah. getting in J- Jaden Elijah. Yeah, so number one, bear with me today. A little under the weather. Um, but yeah, you get a massive offensive lineman. A um, little bit of a project type because he's still trying to learn the game a little more, figure out a little more technique stuff. Uh, playing at Madawan, he doesn't play against the best competition, so his size just overpowers just about everyone in this short conference. Um, they do play occasionally like out-of-conference games that are against better comp. They played against Cedar Creek this year in the battle at the beach down in Ocean City, New Jersey, and he looks good. It's just he, he still has to learn a little more. Um, but this is a really good get. He's, he's a kid that had a bunch of offers, like you mentioned, and offensive linemen are so hard to predict in, in recruiting rankings especially because – you really don't know how a kid's going to translate to that next level, how he's going to pack on the mu- or switch from, like, for his example, he's 6'7", 300. He's probably going to stay around that range. But to switch some of that body fat to muscle, and sometimes when you pack on an extra 10, 15 pounds, some of these kids, it, it ends up slowing them down. Some of these kids, it ends up making them a lot stronger. So it's really hard to predict offensive linemen. Um, but I, I think with the coaching staff they have, with Pat Flaherty, I mean, you kind of just trust him and trust his eyes at this point. The guy's a 40-year veteran. To a two-time Super Bowl, one-time Super Bowl champ, um, two-time, yeah, two-time Super Bowl champ. So I mean, he knows offensive line, and you saw what he did last year with the same exact unit that they had in 2022. So I mean, you just got to trust him at this point. But this is a really good get. A lot of good offers. Um, he had all all the regional offers. He had the uh, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Pittsburgh, et cetera, et cetera. Temple, Georgia. Um, Maryland, Kentucky, I'm going out of region, obviously, but uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Then Michigan pushed pretty hard before uh, before Har- Harbaugh left. I'm not sure how much interest there was afterwards, but uh, this kid's only visited one place, and it's Rutgers. That's, you could see it as a good thing. You could see it as a bad thing. I'm going to choose to see it as a good thing because in-state kid wanted to stay home. I already kind of knew where he was going. So uh, big win for Charlie Noonan and Scott Vallone, who kind of teamed up to, to get this one uh, done. Yeah, no, that's, this is a big-time commitment, especially when you look at the offer list. You look at, you know, most high school linemen you're projecting pretty uh, mm. pretty far down. Mm. You're not – there's very few Anthony Davises of the world, the guys yeah. who look college-ready in high school. Uh, but this is a kid who has all the tools, and you have the, the, the structure now in place in Rutgers to, to develop these guys. I don't think there was a, a single – unit on the team that showed a bigger improvement from uh, 2022 to 2023 than the offensive line. So I'm sure yeah. Coach Flaherty is, is really excited about this commitment and uh, getting his hands on this kid, uh, developing him a bit. 
Uh, same thing with Jay Butler too, because uh, mm-hmm. you know these these linemen tend to have the biggest body transformations in year one. I know the extreme example is Holland Pierce, who you know lost a hundred plus pounds in his first full year at Rutgers. But yeah. <laughs> um, is this kid going to be a tackle guard? Is there uh, yeah. pure tackle? Pure pure tackle. Um, super athlete. Um, pretty mobile. Uh, I think we said it before. He plays basketball. Averages like a double double. Um, averages like sixteen, fourteen, and three blocks a game. Like he's he's just a super athlete guy. Uh, he can move really well at that tackle spot. I think it's like almost certified. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, he's he's just a tackle. I'm looking at it now. He just he doesn't have that guard build. Um, <clears throat> he's too athletic. <laughs> I mean, honestly, to, yeah. to play guard, I'm, I'm putting him at a tackle and. He's lengthy. He's got those long arms that are uh, going to be able to stop those uh, pesky edge rushers, especially in the Big Ten. So, uh, yeah, no, this is. I, I know he's ranked 28 in state, and I, I do have to say this because our boards were already complaining about it. He'll pro- I think he's a little underrated for starters, but also the state is probably the most stacked it's been since probably since I started covering recruiting. Like it's been, it is stack stacked this year. It's over 60 prospects for Power Five offers already, and that's not including the ones that are going to get one some in spring. That's not including some that are going to get some in, in summer camps. So it's it's very impressive class so far for New Jersey this year. Yeah, and kind of, you know, everybody, a lot of people talked about how last year was a down year for New Jersey. And this year, mm-hmm. would you say it's one of the best classes in recent memory that you can remember in the state? Yeah, by far. Um, like I said, this might be the deepest, maybe not top heavy, but it does have a couple good top prospects, but... Overall, I mean, this is definitely the deepest class. I think, I, like I said, I've I've covered since I've covered recruiting, and we're looking at ten plus years now. I think this might be the deepest class I've ever had to uh, to cover in the state of New Jersey. All right. So since we're so early in this class, and since it is so deep, let's just do let's play a game. We're gonna go through the top ten in New Jersey, and you're gonna give a rough estimate of where Rutgers sits on these guys, and then after the top ten, just highlight a few guys. We'll we'll talk about guys you think are underrated, and you think and uh, we'll talk about guys that you think Rutgers has a really good shot with outside the top 10. So yeah. let's start off with the top. Uh, the number one prospect in the state is Bergen Catholic wide receiver Quincy Porter. He is a high four star, listed at 6'3", 190. Where do you think Rutgers sits with him? Uh, way on the outside. Um, this one's just, I, I could tell you now, it's more than likely not going to happen. Uh, Michigan seems to be like the top contender right now, although he did take state uh, visits to Florida State and Florida uh, this past spring, past spring, this past January. Um, can't say spring because it's snowing out. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it sounds like Michigan, uh, Florida, Florida State, a couple SEC schools are trying to get him down for visits as well. But um, I, I have a very, very hard time seeing him go anywhere in state. Uh, I think this one's all SEC slash uh Big Ten probably uh, battle. More more than likely, I'm going to say Michigan has the best shot right now because he has a really good uh, relationship with Bellamy and Sherrod Moore. Um, but we'll see. I, I just I, I have a hard time seeing this one happening for Rutgers. Sounds like a blue blood. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the, moving, on, yeah. moving on to the number two prospect in the state, Jameer Joseph. He's a cornerback out of St. Joe's Montvale. He's listed at six feet tall, 175. Mm-hmm. Where do things stand with him? A little bit better than uh, where they did with Quincy Porter, but uh, he's still a guy I really kind of see going out of state. Um, he's got every offer in the book. He's a really good cornerback prospect. They're they're battling for him, so it's a little harder to say just straight up he's going to go out of state. But uh, 
everyone I keep talking to keeps saying, watch out for Georgia, Notre Dame, Tennessee, and Penn State. Um, so kind of keep an eye out on those guys. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of where things go with this one. I'm curious to see where he takes a couple more visits in the future. But uh, yeah, those are the, those are the four programs I'm really watching out for him. So another one that Rutgers might not have the best chance with, but I promise there are guys on this list that Rutgers does stand yeah. a very good shot with. And uh, speaking of one, Kamar Archie, linebacker yeah. at the Hun School. He's listed at 6'3", 200 pounds. Where does Rutgers stand with him? Uh, they're actually in a really good spot there. Um, I kind of have this one narrowed down to three schools. Um, I kind of see him going to, and these are all schools that he's visited recently. Uh, it's either Rutgers, Penn State, or Michigan. Uh, I think he just visited Michigan... I'm say a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever the uh, dead period, not dead period is, or before the dead period, I should say. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's one I'm keeping a close eye on because he's visited Rutgers, I want to say, not, without even looking at his profile, I think it's like at least eight to nine times already uh, in his recruitment. He's been visiting Rutgers for the past couple years. Oh, it's well over eight or nine. It's like over 10 now. Um, wow. He took one, two, three, four, four visits to campus last year, one, two, three, three visits in 2022, three visits in 2021. And most recently on January 31st um, for, I forget what basketball game it was, but um, yeah, no, this is a, this is a kid I'm really keeping a close eye on. Um, I'm intrigued to see where they're, who's going to push because Oklahoma did host them a year ago and they want to make a, get them out there for another visit. So don't be shocked to see them take an official there. Uh, just took an unofficial to Michigan on the third. Intrigued to see how that defensive staff is not even kind of together yet. So we'll see what happens there. Um see if where his relationships are there with that new staff too um and then penn state penn state's been hosting them quite a bit too they also got him on campus in january and they, they would love to get him as well so this is uh i think he's honestly underrated to be honest with you i think you could probably move him up to two or one and i, I wouldn't even have an issue with it uh he's he's that good of a, a prospect so we'll see what happens there yeah no that's really high praise um Next up is another linebacker, DJ McClary. He's out of Snyder High School in Jersey City. So it's at 6'2", 205. He's already committed to Penn State. Mm -hmm. He locked in. He's 100% Penn State. Yeah, he's he's pretty locked in. Um, one of the big reasons that he committed there in the first place was uh, Cleo Ahmad played a big factor in that one. Now, oh, Manny okay. Diaz also played a factor in this one because you know, he was the linebacker's coach there. But they have Tom Allen, and Tom Allen's kind of taken over that that spot in that room pretty quickly. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't see this one flipping. There's a potential for him to take a visit to Rutgers down the line because mm -hmm. I believe they finished second, maybe third. You can argue because Ohio State's a little bit in that group as well. But it sounds like he's like firmly committed. He loves the Northeast, doesn't want to really go too far from home. I know it's pretty far from home technically <laughs> to do the math, but yep. Um, when I say that, I mean he wants to stay in the Northeast region. He doesn't want to go to the Midwest. Gotcha. Uh, next up is John Forster. He is the all-purpose back out of St. <clears throat> Joe's Montvale as well. He's listed at 5'11", 190. I know this is a guy who's been on campus a lot. Where's Rutgers stand with him? Yeah. I'd say either 1A or 1B. Um, 1B being, it's it's always hard to count out um, Brian Brown in, in New Jersey. Um, he has two official visits to Rutgers and Syracuse in back-to-back -back weekends. He hasn't been to Syracuse in a couple of years now, and that's the concerning part for for this aspect because Fran Brown is just a really good salesman. Um, so the minute he gets up there, I'm curious to see what, what the feeling is, especially because it's fresh off a Rutgers visit as well. Um, 
Now he's been to campus quite a few times. Um, ironically, I, I do have to change his uh, main recruiter because his main recruiter was is now his head coach um, in Augie Hoffman. But there is no ill will, no bad blood there, so everyone can stop asking me the same question over again when they recruit a St. Joe's kid. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he was he again. He was on campus back in January uh, on the twenty eighth for I think that was the Purdue game. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's really feeling the love at Rutgers. Um, Demir Shaw is doing a really good job there. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Now Tennessee is also pushing for an official visit. I don't know what their motive is in the state this year, but they're just a lot more schools are going to start pushing in the state, especially when they have years like this. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I'd say Rutgers is probably like at or near the top for the moment. Love to hear that. Uh, moving right along, the last four star currently in the top ten for Ruck- or for New Jersey this year, Jalen Matthews, the tackle from Thompson River North High School. He's listed at six seven, three hundred and thirty seven pounds. Where does Rutgers stand with him? Uh, they actually are in a pretty good spot. Um, he's a former Penn State commit. He was one time, I guess, all of us had him pegged to go to Georgia. Um, as soon as that decommitment happened, because it was almost immediately following that Georgia offer. But uh, we'll kind of wait and see in this one because his recruitment's intriguing one. Uh, he does have an NIL agent, so it's a little NIL-based. Um, you have to wait and see kind of where things fall elsewhere, but I like Rutgers' chances right now. I think this one's going to be dragged out for quite some time. And he's he's a kid, like, even if he does commit, I could see him decommitting and going elsewhere too. It's just it's going to be interesting to see where he takes some visits this summer um, and if he if he does make a commitment in the summer because he's one of those kids that I could see waiting until fall also. So um, former, I think he was former 100, 150 kid. He's, he's taking a little bit of a dip in the rankings. Yeah, former 100 kid. Uh, but he's still a very good prospect, great size, 6'7", 337. Um, so definitely keep an eye out on him. Yeah, I remember him getting a really lofty ranking in those first class of 2025 rankings and uh, – he slid all the way out of the top 250, but he still is as a four-star. Yep. Um, next up, we have Cameron Miller. He is the athlete from Winslow Township High School. He is listed at 5'11", 165. Talk about where Rutgers stands with him and also what position are most schools recruiting him at. He's an interesting one. He's probably going to play DB, um, but he, he probably could play receiver now that I think about it, actually. Um but yeah, most schools got him at DB. He's got a top five right now that he released with, with actually it was me recently, uh, in, who was it? Kentucky, Michigan, Rutgers, Syracuse, Wisconsin. Uh, Kentucky hosted him most recently on February 3rd. I'd argue they're the favorite right now. I'd say Wisconsin's probably a close second. You could argue Rutgers is a close second as well. Um, I don't see uh, Michigan being all that involved, but again, who knows? Um Say I think they still have the same wide receivers coach too, so doesn't really matter there. Uh, but they were recruiting that receiver. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think this is a Kentucky lean, but I, I'd keep an eye out on Rutgers and Wisconsin as well. Next up is number eight in the rankings, Rennick Darillis. He's an athlete at Union High School. He's listed at 5'11", 170. Same question mm-hmm. for him. Where does Rutgers stand, and what position do you think he ends up at the college level? Yeah, another kid who just dropped his top five with us. Um, I don't think it's really a top five. I think it's more of a top two. It's Tennessee or Rutgers. Um, he plans on taking official visits to both. I think Rutgers is in the driver's seat here, uh, for as they should be for most Union kids. It's almost like a pipeline school. Actually, I shouldn't say almost. It is a pipeline school. Minus one defensive back the, or one per recruit the entire uh, <laughs> recruiting uh, since we've been tracking it since 2002, really. Um 
that actually ended up going elsewhere, and that's uh, Davison Igbenosin, who went to Ole Miss, obviously. But uh, no, I think Renick Dorillis is uh, going to be a Rutgers commit sooner rather than later. Again, visited campus in January. Uh, defensive back, uh, probably could play receiver. He's athletic enough, but he he will be a DB at the next level, and uh, I think he'll be a DB with the Scarlet Knights at the next level. I already did a future cast and everything, so. Love Lock to hear that. Uh, number nine on the list is Darren Kinnagbong. Uh, he's a defensive end from Hillside High School. He's listed at 6'5", 240. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about him previously when uh, his teammate uh, committed to Rutgers. Where does Rutgers stand with him? Yeah, he's uh, a... <clears throat> He's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a real tough one. Now, his teammate, Talibi Kaba, did commit recently. Um, he, they're good friends. Obviously, he's going to push him, but it's it's going to be a really tough haul here. Um, this kid has everyone after him. Not His offers are, like, sometimes you look at offer lists, and it's like, ah, oh, they're old. Don't, they don't really count. These are all legitimate offers. He got Georgia, uh, I want to say, a couple months ago. He got Ohio State, like, a couple weeks ago. Got Florida a couple weeks ago, Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. Just visited Georgia on a third. They really want him. They're making a push for him. Uh, he's he's another one that's probably way too underrated. I think we have to give him a bump to that four star status. It's a little deceiving that he doesn't have one, but uh, he uh, he has every offer in the book right now. Um, he's only going to keep continuing to add more. I think he's only got sixteen at the moment, but he's going to have a lot more when it's all said and done. But uh, I, I see him going to like SEC territory probably or a, a big big name. So we'll we'll see like college blue blood I guess you want to call that. Right. Yeah. I hope he ends up at Rutgers because he's definitely one of the higher, more high upside guys in the uh, class. Yeah. But uh, going to be a battle. It sounds like. Uh, the last player in the top ten for the state of New Jersey in class of 2025 is Michael Thomas, the wide receiver <laughs> out of Donovan Catholic. He's listed at six one one eighty. He's another one eighty three. Sorry. He's another mm-hmm. guy I know he's taking a ton of visits to campus. Where does Rutgers stand with him? Uh, Sarahville, New Jersey native. So that's kind of where that comes into play. He is dead playing down at Donovan Catholic. Although there seems to be like a mass exodus kind of going down there, going on down there. Hmm. Um, I heard the football program might be in a little trouble. So we'll see what happens in that aspect. So and see where he we actually see where he goes to school. But, uh, yeah, no, Rutgers is in a really, really good spot here. Um, from what I've been told is they won mom over already. So mom's kind of, uh, helping out Rutgers, I guess a little bit on the side. But uh, that's always that's kind of sixty seventy percent of the battle. Of it, yeah, yeah. You you win mom over. You kind of win the most the most of the time. I should say you win the battle. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's getting pushed by a couple schools. I think he was at Syracuse uh, two weekends ago. They're they're going to be a pain in the neck, um, without a doubt. In most of these recruitments for New Jersey kids, but I, I think Rutgers is the is the leader here. And I was very close to submitting a future cast, and I'm, getting, I'm still very close to it. I haven't done it yet. I need to get like a little bit more of a a confirmation from someone and then I'll probably go ahead and submit one. But uh, I think Rutgers is in a great spot here. Love to hear that. So just to kind of recap, sounds like Rutgers has a really good sh- chance with Kamar Archie, John Forster, Jalen <clears throat> Matthews, Renick Derillis, and Michael Thomas. So the half of the top 10 yeah. Rutgers has a good to great shot with. So you love to see stuff like that, especially in a loaded year. So going through the top 10 who outside the top 10 in the top 30, would you say Rutgers has a really good shot with that we haven't talked about? Uh, this is in no particular order. Uh, actually, it's, it's in our rankings order right now. Uh, Halim Muhammad, defensive tackle, visited campus recently. Uh, he's a Pennsylvania native from Doylestown, which isn't like too deep into Pennsylvania, but uh, 
It's close enough to Jersey. Uh, yeah, right across yeah, so, the river. Yeah, so keep keep an eye on him. Um, Sinead DeGraffenwright, if you uh, follow us on social media, you know Shiano took the helicopter down to Atlantic City recently to go visit him. Uh, he's been to campus a couple times. Uh, I'm trying to look through the rest of this list. Braswell Thomas is one I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, Lower Cape May has been to campus a bunch. Uh, the top 30 is deceiving too because, like I said, this is a deep class. Um, there's really not any other names um, that are standing out to me right now in the top 30. But if you go to like just our recruiting database and just start looking through guys, there's there's a bunch of different names out there. Um, trying to think right now. Liam Thorpe got an offer, but it sounds like he's Stanford bound, but he's unranked. Like there's a lot of unranked kids still too. Um, I do think they Cole Breeler, Cole Breeler's one I keep an eye on. He was on campus recently, a defensive tackle from the Hun School. Um, it's 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 going to be interesting because I I don't think they go too Jersey heavy this year, but it's a little little bit heavier in Jersey this year than most years or most recent years. But they're still going to go hit those other recruiting grounds. They're going to go hit the North Carolina, the New York area. Uh, I'm sure they'll tap into Pennsylvania again eventually. I don't think they had any Pennsylvania guys last year. Now I think about it. Um, but yeah, like Michael Carroll, the four star out of Pennsylvania, is one they're keeping an eye on. Rowan Byrne, four star in New York, is another name they're keeping an eye on. Lyric Samuel three-star out of New York. Um, so I, I do think there's only a couple in New Jersey they're really targeting heavily. And then it's going to probably flip-flop to other areas that they've, that they're pretty known uh, as good recruiters for. And right, they didn't land a single kid out of Pennsylvania last year. Um, I mean, they only landed three New Jersey kids last year or four New Jersey yeah. kids last year. Uh, and very I think Florida it heavy, like five. Midwest heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about it like this. I mean, if you remember last year, uh, we didn't think the Lumen brothers were going to commit. We didn't think Raynor yeah. Andrews was going to commit. They're three of your best commits right there. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, they only landed two Pennsylvania kids in the class of 23, too. Uh, or they actually, sorry, they only landed one PA kid in the class of 23. That was Devon Fuse. Um, isn't his brother in this class? Uh, I think his brother's a 2020. Ooh, you're a good, good question. He is 2025, so keep an eye on him, yeah. I guess, too. Yeah, because he was a guy who had super early offers. I remember as soon as Davon committed, there was rumblings that like, oh, is this a play at his brother? And when, you, mm -hmm. when you're trying to – that's yeah. not the case, obviously. But when people are saying that, that just goes to show, especially for an interior defender to talk about yeah. you know, his brother like that that far in advance, he's a really high-level worker, even if his yeah. ranking might not indicate that. Uh, uh, 6'3", 250 defensive tackle future. So, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good kid. Definitely keep an eye on him. Um, so the last question I have for you about the class of 25 in Jersey is if you could pick out a few names that you think are underranked in terms of the current rankings, who are some guys that immediately jump out to you? Let's see. Underranked. Um, Jaden Elijah, uh, who we just talked about, I think should be higher than 28. Uh, Michael Troutman, he's a really good offensive lineman. Doesn't have the size of a a true Big Ten lineman, but he's probably going to play center at the next level. But he is uh, he's one I'd keep a close eye on. Uh, Jaden Lofton intrigues me at Somerville. He doesn't really play that good competition out there, but uh, kind of a 3-4 defensive end. Um, I think he's a really good one. He's another one that Tennessee's pushing to get on a visit. Um, let's see. Jay Sean Reed um, doesn't get as much love as he should. Um, I think he's a really good kid. Nolan James I've seen a couple times at running back. 
I think he won Under Armour running back MVP last year um, as a sophomore. So I don't know if he sticks with Boston College because he's added a couple Power 5 offers since then. Uh, and then Sine de Graffenwright. Um, that kid plays not really that good a competition at all down in Atlantic City, but he is a really, really talented athlete. Um, I've gotten to see him a couple times, um, both in, in person at the at one of his games and then also, uh, what do you call it, at Rutgers 7-on-7, at Rutgers for an elite camp. Um, it also gives me a nice chance to just, you know, go to Atlantic City afterwards too, so it's nice. <laughs> um, but... uh. Yeah, no, he's he's a really good uh, prospect. Unfortunately, you can't write off your gambling losses because that would be clutch. That's a damn shame. <laughs> it's a business but, uh, expense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I had to go down there. Like, it's it's right there. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? But uh, yeah, no, he's he's a kid that uh, I actually am close to putting a future cast in for him too as well. So wow. keep an eye out there. All right, so loaded class. <laughs> There'll be much more to come on this as the commitments continue to roll in because you know. Right now is, you know, where June used to be in the old calendar, where these guys yeah. are trying to lock up their spots because class Crazy. sizes are smaller. The windows for when these guys get recruited have been moved up dramatically. So stay tuned because we could see a few more of these guys pop uh, any moment because this kind of came out of nowhere. You were saying that yeah. uh, <laughs> you you were hearing that, you know, not any no <clears throat> commitments were on the horizon. And then a couple hours later, this happens. So, yep, this is uh this is a dead period too. So it's like kids are starting to notice like, Hey, this guy committed. Oh, shit. There goes another spot. I need to commit yep. ASAP. So it's kind of where it's, uh, where it's at right now. It's almost like, uh, like you said, June, July ish. It's dead period. They're just trying to get in, uh, as many visits as they can or get as many commitments as they can. Sorry. Yep. Um, so let's, let's pivot to the actual football team. Now we had reported last week, all about the, the Andy Ulrich situation. Mm -hmm. uh, he has officially been named the next head coach of Harvard football. So yep. that tight end role is now officially official open. Um, mm -hmm. Are you hearing anything else regarding that, or is, are they playing things really <clears throat> close to the vest? Uh, as always, Shiano plays it really close to the vest. Um, but I, I'd be a little shocked if it isn't a guy that has ties to someone on staff because that's yep. almost everyone <clears throat> on his uh, current staff has some type of tie to the staff. Um, even like Mark Orphy, who technically doesn't have a tie, also coached alongside Chase Dodd. So it's like yep. there is a tie there in some aspect, but um, being the tight ends coach, being that it's kind of Kirk Shiraka's room on offense, I'd assume it's probably one of those guys that has ties to him. Uh, we we listed them all already. I'm not going to go through them again, but um, if you, if you want to check them out, it's on our hot board. Um, I did, didn't I add someone new recently? I feel like I did. I forget, but uh, there's also one name that I'm kind of intrigued by, and it's uh, Jeff Moore. So Jeff Moore is the tight ends coach at UMass. He was the Loomis, I think it was Loomis Chaffs, um, Loomis Chaffs, Chaff, Loomis Chaff School head coach from 2019 to 2021. St. Thomas Moore head coach up in Connecticut as well from 27 to 2018. He is a tight end coach slash recruiting coordinator. This was a similar move to like what Rutgers tried with Augie Hoffman and Nunzio Campanelli, but it's actually worked for UMass pretty well. Um, UMass, obviously, not not a recruiting hotbed by any means, but uh, this this guy knew knew a lot of people throughout the New England area. Very well connected. He's their tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator currently. I would keep an eye on him because you you kind of want a recruiter at that tight end spot, and this just kind of hits uh hits it perfectly. Actually, it looks like he actually moved back to. Uh, Tabor Academy, which is another New England area school. So 
Um, I, if he wants to get back into college, maybe, but just a, another name to keep an eye on. And then uh, who else did we? We had someone else on this hot board that I just pointed out the other day, and I can't remember. Um, oh, Boston College uh, former tight ends coach is technically available in uh, Rob Chudzinski. Um, he was an OC in NFL, special assistant to the head coach from 2020 to 2022 at Boston College, and then got bumped up to associate head coach this past off season or past season. Um, it's actually the head coach of the Cleveland Browns in 2013 as well. He got, yeah. you know, that was the start of, uh, you know, I think they had like three coaches in three years. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he was the middle guy. So, um, I mean, hey, hey, hey. Keep an eye out on him. It's potential. Um, a lot of NFL ties. I know he's spoken highly about uh, Boston College, and they actually wanted him to get the job if they were going to stay in-house. So, mm-hmm. um, Just a guy. You never know. And I think he was uh, – what else was he? He was connected to Chiano somehow. Tight ends. He Tight was, ends uh, at Miami. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was uh, on Chiano or alongside Chiano at Miami at the University of Miami, which, again, it's, it's a tie you really don't see all that often. Yep. So – all right, so stay tuned because that news could drop at any time. Um, it would surprise me if it got stretched out much longer, to be honest, um, yeah. because you want to have that guy in place for the spring, ideally. And spring practice, I mean, that starts up in less than a month. So, Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, season moves by fast. <clears throat> um, let's pivot to basketball. Rutgers has a big-time game on Thursday night. They're playing against... Northwestern at home. Mm-hmm. This is a game that uh, Rutgers just kind of needs to hold home court the rest of the season to keep their um, postseason hopes alive. Yeah. Um, and Rutgers is kind of getting an opponent that's limping in a bit. Uh, everybody knows Boo Booey. Obviously, he's the heart and soul of that team, the leading scorer. I think he's been there for five or six years. He's kind of like the the current Geo Baker of the, the Big Ten, the guy who just yeah. seemingly keeps coming back. Um, but they're likely going to be without one of their best players in Ty Berry. He's their starting two guard. Uh, he shoots 43% from beyond mm-hmm. the arc on high volume. They have a lot of good shooters, actually. They have four guys on their team that shoot above 40%. Uh, yeah. Three of them are high volume, too, in Boo Booey, in Ryan the Langborg, and Ty Berry. So, you know, you, they're, they're shooting almost 40% as a team from beyond the arc. Just wild yeah. stuff. Uh, but anyway, they're, they're also only one in five in Big Ten play on the road this year. So they're clearly a better team on their own court than uh, on the road, as most teams are. I uh, just wanted to kind of put some of that information out there. Uh, I expect Rutgers to be favored in this game. If you would have said that a week ago, I would have said no way. But the ESPN projection has Rutgers as a 55% favorite in this one. So uh, just stay tuned because... If Rutgers is a plus favorite, or if Rutgers is on the money line is is plus money at all, you, you just got to hammer that. I think Rutgers is really gonna show up on Thursday. Not that it's a guaranteed win, but I don't think it'll be by any means easy for uh, Northwestern to to take this one home. Yeah, um, it, it's another team that it's just they've had a they've had a weird Big Ten schedule. Um, they they beat some really good teams, but then they lose to like uh, Minnesota and they lose to Nebraska, but then they. They beat the hell out of Illinois, and it's like, okay, what, what the hell, what's going on? Like the Big Ten is just weird this year. It's not very good um, from head to toe, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. They also lost to Chicago State earlier in the year, who's two ninety. 
that's like a, a Lafayette-esque type loss. Like that's a bad yeah. one. So I, I don't know. I, I think they have a good shot. I think they should win because um, it's home court. That home court advantage is just unmatched in college basketball. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens Thursday. Yep. Um, we'll have a, a post-game pod on that one. They're, if they win, maybe Thursday night. If they lose, probably yeah. Friday morning. <laughs> Um, but that is the podcast that we're going to give away the gnome on. So if you haven't already, if you'd like <laughs> to enter that. the gnome sweepstakes, it's, it's out of my, it's out of my reach right now, but you guys know yeah. what it is. Uh, if you guys don't know what it is, if you're listening for the first time in a few weeks, welcome back. Um, but Ruck, uh, Richie has a Rutgers branded lawn gnome that he's giving away to one yeah, lucky, uh, listener, uh, in order to qualify for the contest, you need to drop a comment below in this video mentioning the gnome or more preferably mm -hmm. give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform and mention the gnome in the review uh, we've had a ton of them come in mm -hmm. uh, so we really thank each and every one of you who have already done that um, but moving on from the gnome talk got a couple uh, other Rutgers sports we want to mention Rutgers uh, wrestling went on the road last night to Jeez. Penn State, they lost 35-3. to Not unexpected. I think the line on that one was Rutgers plus 37 or 36 and a half. Mm -hmm. So while they did cover, I mean, it's even <clears> weird <throat> to think of you know betting lines for college wrestling. Uh, Rutgers yeah. underperformed. Um, the opening match against Dean Peterson. Uh, or Dean Peterson, I forget who he wrestled, but you know he was... Uh, Braden Davis. Braden Davis, who's one of the top five uh, wrestlers in the country at 125. A very controversial uh, takedown, no takedown situation at the end of the match in the third period. Scott Goodell, you know, gets his trusted brick out to go, you know, challenge. And yeah. the referee says, we don't have vid video review, which if there was a single venue in the entire country, which I would expect to have all the bells and whistles for wrestling, it would be Penn State. I don't know how you don't have video review at the, uh, I know that they were wrestling at the BJC last night. Uh, that is unacceptable. That is insane that yeah. they don't have video review inside the basketball arena for wrestling. I think Penn State should get heavily fined for this. This is total crap that you don't have video review at a Penn State home match. That is total bullshit. Yeah, Not that it would have flipped the match at all, but I cannot believe that happened. I don't get it. Um, Bryce Jordan's not old enough to not have video review. In 1996, it was built. Had a renovation in 2022 that was 98 million dollars yep if i'm reading this correct or no 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 I, I read that wrong that was in 2022 dollars whatever besides the point it's it's one of the it's their newer arena i don't get it you have to have video review of some kind um race jordan rec hall's old like it gets to the point where a lot I, I know personally a lot of penn state fans are pissed because the press conferences they don't have a mic that goes around they don't have anything you can't hear anything in there so that's why they don't do post-game pressers there Wow. This, it's like, this is the basketball arena. There has to be a video camera on replay somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, just, I don't get it. And then Rutgers went on to a ton of upsets uh, against them. Yeah. Uh, Penn State was sitting a lot of their, their starters for, you know, whatever reason. Uh, I don't like that wrestling does, a lot of wrestling teams do that shit, and I don't get it. Yeah, they're trying to preserve seating for different tournaments, so I get it in one sense, and I don't in another. Um, Rutgers was also without Brian Saldano, without John Posnanski, and without Mitch yep. Moore last night. So Rutgers was undermanned, and they were facing a lot of backups uh, who were 
jumping up a weight and they mm-hmm. beat us everywhere except for 133. So it was not a stellar performance for them. Um, just a kind of season of underperforming overall. Not that you expect to go in there and beat yeah. Penn State, but they had the opportunity to win three or four bouts that they uh, let slip through their hands. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Rutgers baseball season starts this week as well. Ooh, um, yes, it does. They typically start on the road for you know almost a month, and I think that's what they're doing. Do you know where their first uh, the home series or their, <clears throat> where their first series is this year? Yeah, they're down in South Carolina. I think it's the Rock Hill Invitational. It's called. Okay. Um, they will be taking on Winthrop in a three-game series starting Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or starting Friday, we'll have it Saturday and Sunday. I don't think any of those the. Yeah, Rock Hill, South Carolina. I don't think any of them are on TV or even like able to uh, stream or whatever. But then they go out to uh, – I shouldn't say go out. They go down back to Virginia, play Old Dominion for three three-game series, and then they're – St. Joe's. So they really don't get – they don't play at home until March 5th. So you got some time until uh, a midweek against Wagner on March 5th. But uh, 3 p.m. game, that's a, that's a nice one. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I don't think this game is on TV at all, though. So – just kind of uh, not really much you could do other than watch, I guess, the, the game cast or whatever they have. So we'll see. Should be an interesting season, though. Yeah, another sport off to the races. Kind of covered quite a bit here. Is there anything else that we didn't hit on that you wanted to mention? Uh, Let's see. Let's see. No, just waiting on this tight ends coach hire. Um, we're one month closer to... Uh, Dylan Harper signing officially. That I mean, yeah. Assuming he hasn't already done it under the table. So yeah. So um, no, there's not really anything else. It's just kind of waiting for. I didn't expect this commitment, so it's a good commitment for Rutgers. A very good commitment for Rutgers, and then we'll just wait and see what uh what they're going to do next. I would assume next the news is going to be about the tight ends coach, but I don't know if we'll get it this week or not. So our next pod is probably going to be Thursday night, Friday morning ish. We'll see. All right. Well, we thank you once again for listening. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you for regularly tuning in. Um, But for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.